We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please help! Yeah. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Is For Podcast. My name is Sarge, and joining me remotely from around the world is the one, the only, Danger... And Monster himself, back, back from his little vacation at MAGFest. Welcome back. Good to be back. Good to be back. I, I don't know if I'd say from around the world because we're all within about an hour drive of each other. You know what? Why do you have to ruin everything? Why do you have to ruin everything? If I was a superhero, I would be the ruiner. Oh. We missed a golden opportunity. I could have pretended like I was still at MAGFest. <laughs> and I could have yeah. made like this big pronoun- like pronouncement that I'm like taking time away from my busy schedule but now the illusion is ruined yeah we could edit crowd music in the back like it's there (laughs) yeah please do (laughs) i actually have a sound clip for that but anyway so on today's episode is for podcast we will be talking about lord of the rings for the letter l not just all the lord of the rings but just fellowship of the rings so okay we have a finger up we have a finger up monster well it's 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 fellowship of the ring there's just one yeah i know well well there's you know in the beginning they talk about the history of of the rings and it's something like nine for the men um three for the dwarves uh, partridge in a pear tree yeah sarge said the name of the movie was fellowship of the rings yeah. All right. I'm just trying to make sure we you know start what? You off will, on a good foot. You you he will, watched a different movie. You will you will forgive me. I had my mouth drilled today. So oh, I'm still true. working through you're, that. You're down you a few teeth. <laughs> if you don't want, you know, soldiers from the Elven Kingdom and the Dwarven Kingdom and the Hobbit Kingdom coming after us, we're gonna have to get these things right out the gate i'm not worried about any larpers anyways so lord of the rings fellowship of the ring 2001 december 2001 by peter jackson filmed in new zealand with a budget of 93 million dollars you guys would take a guess on how much they actually raised or i I have a question is that 93 million for just the first part because i know they filmed all three together just the first part okay but they raised more than just that oh they grossed so much more than that, just off the well, first I, one. Well, I know they grossed. Um, Wait, what are you asking? Amount. Are you asking how much money the film made, or how much yes. they made? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, um, I mean, I have it in front of me, so it'd be cheap. Okay, <laughs> I'll take a guess because I'm not looking. Uh, I will say one billion dollars. You are very close. Yeah. Just shy of nine hundred million. The reason why they say just shy is I think Wikipedia has it at like eight hundred ninety-seven point seven. Yeah, okay. So Wikipedia has it there. Then another one says uh, some more research I did said that uh, they actually made more off of other releases of it, but they couldn't factor the, uh, that DVD in DVD releases and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, the reason why is because actually Peter Jackson sunk some of his own money into this movie. So, cause they were going over budget. <laughs> yes. Just a little bit. 
However, I will say that they took a huge risk. And in research this, I didn't realize that they filmed all three movies back to back with no breaks. It was like 200 and something consecutive, not consecutive days, but cumulative days of recording. And they didn't want, from my understandings from reading, is they didn't want people, the actors, to get other obligations. Sure. And not be able to film the rest of the show. So. Because... Because nowadays, now, uh, of course, the Marvel films have kind of thrown a wrench into this, but kind of like the, you know, back in the, you know, especially in the like 70s and 80s and even the 90s, you sort of did one to kind of feel it out. And if people were into it, then you would, you know, green light the sequel, depending on how much money you made, like, like the original Tim Burton Batman, um, Batman Returns wasn't inevitable. They weren't going to film them both at the same time. They waited till it came out and said, oh, hey, people like this. It, it's it's kind of interesting that they would film all three of these films, which, don't get me wrong, like, it's not unreasonable to film multiple films at once, but these are three epic, long, <laughs> expensive films. Yes, I, I was reading also that they decided to do all three films at one time in Peter Jackson's homeland of New Zealand as a way of immersing the actors and the crew fully in that world and allowing them to fully develop the characters, the scenery, everything to a degree that it hadn't been done before. Oh, and it absolutely worked because Peter Jackson was talking to... Uh... Vigo Morrison, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> yeah, he referred to him as Aragon for like forty-five half hour, forty-five minutes, and didn't even realize it that that is yeah. that's what he was doing. And a lot of the rewrites of the scripts were actually done at the actor's request because they got so immersed into into their characters. Um, there was uh, same person, v, uh, Vito Mor, uh, man. Ooh, come on, Vigo Mortensen. Yes, Vigo Mortensen. Vigo. Just I'm just call, gonna call him just Vigo. Call him Vigo. We're not. We know so, you're not talking about Vigo, the painting from Ghostbusters, too. Vigo. So, so Vigo, he asked to have his lines rewritten because he is actually trilingual, and he's able to pick up languages very quickly. And he actually learned Elven, so a lot of his lines were not in Elvish. So when he was talking to, um. Liv Tyler's character of Erwin and, um, oh, what's her father's name? Oh, I just lost it. Help me out here. Is that uh, the head elf? I know it's Hugo Weaving, but I don't yeah, remember his it, name. It, it is it is. <laughs> anyways, like the, his lines, he actually spoke them in uh, Tolkien's version of Elvish, and the actors and actresses were like, I don't know exactly what he's saying. Yes. But he asked them to rewrite a lot of his lines to them in Elvish for realism. Yeah, he. Uh, I know that he re- requested the dialogue to be written that way, and he actually sat like took it on as a mission to learn the pronunciation as best you can. I don't know if there's anybody alive now that actually knows the original pronunciation of Elvish as Tolkien uh, wanted it to be, but. I do know that he he did go out of his way to learn it, which, in my opinion, is another level of method acting. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 
and and, oh. and one other thing I want to add about uh, Vigo Mortensen is uh, to bring him back into to Monsters universe. Um, he had a uh, he he's done all kinds of films, of, of course, but uh, he was also he played a character named Tex in Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre three from nineteen ninety. So um, yeah, I got I got to give him props for that. So Hugo Weaving's character was Lord Elrond. Elrond. I had to look. I had to look that up because it was gonna. It was just gonna drive me absolutely batty. Peter Jackson really took his time to handcraft this this world based off Tolkien's work. And when he first pitched it to, it wasn't New Line. New Line is the one that picked it up afterwards. I forget who he pitched it to at first, but they wanted it. He wanted it as one long movie. And they were like, no, no, we're not doing one long movie. It's going to be like six hours. He said, there's no way we can put out a six hour movie. So when he went to New Line, it was like 60 days before filming started. So 60 days before filming started, he went to New Line and pitched it to New Line because he knew somebody there. And they told Peter Jackson that if he did it in three installments, they would he, they would prefer he do it in three installments is what they said, and he ended up doing it in three installments, which is great because there was a lot of stuff that would have been cast to the wayside. Um, the Shire, Hobbiton, Hobbit Town, however you want to say it, which still stands, and you can yes, actually go visit. It was actually built a year before filming started. That way to they could get some overgrowth. And yep, whatnot. and plants and have the gardens grow and it be legitimate. And yep. they had thirty. I think it said 32 different Hobbit homes built and the one in um, the one that Bilbo Baggins stayed in was actually two different ones. They had to have one for Bilbo and Elijah Wood's character Frodo and then they had to have one for Ian McClellan's character Gandalf and any other Hobbit that would come in there. So they were exact replicas of one another. And I think, and I think that's one of the reasons that it holds up so well is, obviously there are a lot of digital effects, especially um, m more so in the later films with the big battles that that commence. Um, but even in Fellowship of the Ring, they're still there. Um, but there's a lot of practical, you know, tangible uh, set pieces and makeup effects, and I think that's why you know so many years later it is still a gorgeous film mm -hmm. to look at peter Which jackson's actually... peter jackson's uh special effects company actually is the one that did 90 percent of special effects huh wing wingnut films yeah i think so but his special yeah. effects company did 90 percent of the special effects on there and compliments to new zealand for wanting to get in on the action show a lot of the extras and the battles were actual Soldiers from the New Zealand Army. Not to mention, New Zealand is beautiful. Oh, absolutely! Like gorgeous. every gorgeous. film that is ever shot there, and a, a lot of pictures actually are filmed there. Um, I mean, just absolutely naturally beautiful, beautiful landscapes. So, talking about the practical effects, there are two parts of it that I think make a huge standout to to the film. One. This film showed the world what you can do with uh, a certain type of filmmaking. 
perspective filmmaking where mm-hmm. you actually have actors in the same space, but you know, they would put um, Ian McKellen's Gandalf closer to the camera <clears throat> to the camera than, um, you know, Frodo. And, you know, there was a lot of that that actually happened and they would actually construct the places, you know, the Hobbit holes and whatnot to be different sizes to make Gandalf look much bigger and Frodo look much smaller. But another part of it that I think goes so far is they did not uh, give less attention to costumes that were in the back of, you know, a battle scene. They gave them the same attention as the ones Mm -hmm. that are in the foreground of it. And so they all look just as good. And when they had opportunities to potentially just make CG animated characters, they instead went the mocap route, like with Andy Serkis as Gollum, which is an unbelievable performance. Like, if it was just a CG animated character, Gollum, Schmeagol, whatever you want to call him, would not have the presence that he has on screen. Like, yes, you can tell that he is a, you know, a computer-generated being. Being, yeah. But the facial expressions, you you believe that he's there. Mm-hmm. He looks otherworldly, but that just kind of plays along with the, the motif of the film. But Andy Serkis's portrayal comes through that so well. It's it's again, 20 years later, it still holds up. So and I'm sorry the, if we're taking a lot of your trivia there, Sarge. You're, you're, you're not, actually. I was just getting ready to, to tell you, you know, to piggyback off of what Danger over here has said. The costume designer had over a thousand people generating costumes at any given time. A thousand people, seamstress and tailors and stuff like that, creating costumes, creating creating the armor. And the fact that they got some... Um, oh, I forget what the name of the organization is off the top of my head anymore, but they're they're a weapons recreationist organization, and that's all they do is recreate weapons and armor and stuff like that. So the scene, the scene in uh, Isengard where you see them ripping up the trees and stuff like that, right, mm-hmm. and pouring the weapons and stuff, those are actual real blacksmiths dressed up to look like orcs that are doing it. So you know, kudos, cool. kudos to them for for you know going out that far and doing it. So and, and again, going back to the whole like you know being like the horror movie guy, you know the the creature effects on the orcs and the monsters look masterful. Like there is some digital uh, effects mixed in. Mm-hmm. Yes, enhancement. Yeah, but the the practical effects are are obvious and that's you know i love that kind of stuff so i'm gonna see which one it is give me one second i have it written down which when when you when you propose this letter you know l lord of the rings and whatnot you know i was just kind of going over a lot of the stuff and i did not realize how much just random esque trivia that i know for this movie i i i I guess I went a lot further into learning things about the series and whatnot than I remember doing. I mean, I can't, I think the last time I watched this movie unedited was maybe, I don't know, 
10 years ago. I don't know. I can't remember <laughs> last time. I think I've seen it more on like TNT with commercial right. breaks, you know, well, on a rainy day while taking a nap. Actually, um, Mrs. Monster, uh, she is actually the monsterist. Yeah, she loves these films. And I was actually I was actually trying to twist her arm and get her to come in here and do this instead of me because she absolutely adores these films. And we actually have them on Blu-ray, the extended cuts. And I think all three of them together clock in at close to 10 hours. Actually, um, according to the National Film Institute, if you watch the complete trilogy unedited... Uh-huh. You are 12 hours and 34 minutes of viewing pleasure. Now, I don't know (laughs) that those completely uncut versions are available to the public. Because I know that we have the extended cuts, but I don't know that they are the, like, full-on, like, complete uncut. I'm, I'm not sure. Um... But then again, I'm not sure the exact runtime of those three films. So you, I might be off. I might be off. But um, I don't know what the runtime of the entire saga with the Hobbit films in there is. I, we're not going to get into the Hobbit films. Let's that's not talk about the Hobbit. That's going to be H. That's going to be next season for H. I'm going to cover those. Oh, that God. way, you guys have to rewatch them. Do we have to? Yes, you will. I found it interesting that this, just this single film. Right, gandered such. Uh, what's the word I want to use? I don't want to say respect, but attention. That it's actually in the national archives. It was voted into the national archives as having a significant impact during two thousand and one in the fantasy genre, at least. So and- I have I have an idea as to why it was, you know, given so much attention because. Before Lord of the Rings, the only truly epic movie that was released, you know, and the public had some sort of response to was Star Wars. And that was how many years beforehand? Mm -hmm. It was the first time that we have seen within our, excuse me, within our lifetime, we have ever seen a movie in theaters of epic proportions. Plus, Mm. not to... I I won't necessarily say epic proportions, quote unquote, but fantasy swords and Mm -hmm. wizards and that kind of fantasy stuff. Like you had your sci-fi pictures, but up until this point, the most, the closest thing was probably Willow. And that came out in kind of like the mid nineties. And that was a, it's kind of a nerdy movie. I mean, it's George Lucas, but it's, it's got, you know, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer and um what is his name? Uh starts with a T. Oh, no, it doesn't. It's uh Warwick Davis. Warwick yes. Davis, thank you so much. God, I, I love him. I, I hate that I was sorry, I was just trying up. to fill in the void while you were thinking of the thank name. you, thank you. <laughs> well, this, well, well but, this maybe... but again, that was kind of deemed as a little bit nerdy. It was a little yeah, bit cheesy. Whereas Lord of the Rings is one of the first like swords and sorcerers like fantasy films well, that garnered mainstream respect not just from critics but also from just the general public people that don't like fantasy likes lord of the rings so i'm gonna sound a little eh, 
I might throw some shade. All right, so Willow is Go one of those it. movies that was designed to reach a targeted audience of people who have played like role playing games, right? You better me, you better watch your shut, mouth, okay? Shut your hole for a second. Willow. Whereas I didn't say it was not a bad movie. I just said it was geared towards a specific subset of people who yeah, would enjoy pe- it. People that enjoy good movies. Okay. okay. So, anyways, moving on. You know, whereas Lord of the Rings, when Peter Jackson made Lord of the Rings, I believe that he was like, I want this to be a movie that a man can go to and enjoy the action sequences, right? Women can go to and enjoy the romance aspect of it, right? Kids can go to and they can see these characters brought to life in a world that is almost believable but also it appeals to like your your role players your larpers your live action role players you know everybody can go to this movie and watch it and take something away from it and i think that is why it made it to where it is and why it's still talked about and you know i think you can watch it on hbo still maybe netflix is still i think it's on hbo max i don't know if it's on netflix um yeah but i know it's on hbo max so, now that we have a lot of the history, right? My favorite part is the silly trivia, but before we get into the silly trivia and the lesser-known lesser facts stuff... Well, there was there's one more thing that I wanted to add to why I think it had a cultural impact. I really think that this was the closest that we're ever going to get to a Dungeons & Dragons movie. I mean, it's mm. about... A fantasy adventure of characters moving on or moving to get to a common goal. And so it's a Dungeons and Dragons movie, but all Dungeons and Dragons was based off of the fantasy of stories like Lord of the Rings. Gary you know? Gygax. Yeah. You know, it's it's all based off of fantasy and Lord of the Rings was a huge, so, you know, component of Monsters' faces all twitched up, so Well, I so, uh, so to your point, no, no, like okay, so so they have they have made quote unquote Dungeons and Dragons movies. You talking about that they, shit with Marlon Wayans and I am talking about Dungeons shit. and Dragons. Yeah. It's yeah, it's that, it's all shit. Does, yes, does I agree. I movie. agree. But the Lord of the Rings films show that there is a mainstream audience for this fantasy stuff but it has to be done with right. a certain um, element of flair and and gravitas Respect. yes um you you see that in movies like 300 and immortals and i i don't love it but even like the clash of the titans remake like it's still it's it's okay i do i really do think that the the lord of the rings films were kind of lightning in a bottle just sort of the the right concept at the right time because i mean let's even the hobbit films like they were um kind of just more of the same but they did they just did not pull off what the lord of the rings trilogy did Um, and and i think that to your point i'm not saying that we could never reach that level again i hope they do i know that like again not to bring up willow again even though it's a classic uh, but they're getting ready to make a series out of that this year. 
Um, so I think that there's still room for more fantasy films like that. Um, ooh, the the Narnia movies, those were pretty well regarded. Do you want to like the? Do you want to talk about like the? Do you want to give us the full title instead of just the Narnia movies? No, because there's like three of them. Chronicles of Narnia. There were actually, I think, six books, and only three of them got made in movies. And this is not C for the Chronicles of Narnia. It's you're right. You're right. It's not. But, it's not H for Hobbit. No, but the point is, is that I think that the Lord of the Rings. It's also trilogy, not W for Willow. No, but I will defend Willow till the day I die. Um, it won't be but long. But I think. But I think. Foreshadowing, wow. ladies and gentlemen. Foreshadowing. Wow. All right. Well, if I'm here, alert. if I'm not here <laughs> next week, if I'm not here next week, now you know why. But I think the Fellowship of the Rings, uh, uh, the the Lord of the Rings trilogy in general, has kind of opened the door for mainstream fantasy films. Um, but they have to be done with that level of care and respect. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, especially now, especially with the Marvel films being so popular. There is a mainstream audience for this nerdy culture genre picks that it'll be interesting to see, you know, moving forward, what other fantasy stuff takes off, you know. So my last two, my last <laughs> two rough, I'll say rough facts here, right? Just general information about it. Is anyone familiar with Ralph Bosky? I know the name. Yes, absolutely. So he, back in 1978, did a PG version of Lord of the Rings. Yes, okay. I owned these on DVD, actually. Okay. The animated Disney ones, right? Well, they're not Disney, Disney, but they are animated. So I thought they were I thought they were Disney, but yeah. So it came out in 1978, and when the Fellowship of the Ring came out. And then the two towers in Return of the King, he is on record saying that he is completely envious and jealous of Peter Jackson's adaptation of the Lord of the Rings book. Since you had to bring up the Willow TV series coming out, I was going to do this at the very end as a prediction, like I've been doing and been correct with Ironheart and Halo. So they're actually coming out with the Lord of the Rings TV series and premiering Friday, September 2nd. It's currently in production and it doesn't say where you're going to find these at. But... Yes, and go ahead. T- finish telling us about where and when to find Lord of the Rings. I, I, It doesn't say, but like Benjamin Walker's playing in it, Peter Millen, um... Last I heard, it was picked up by Amazon to put out on Prime. And so the uh, the book that was the prequel to the uh, the Hobbit series, the Similian, Similian, I don't know how to pronounce it the exactly. Cerulean. But, <laughs> Cerulean, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it uh, it's supposed to be that story plus a whole bunch of the lore that exists in the Lord of the Rings universe. I don't know if you've ever really dug into it. I did once, and I found myself just spiraling down a rabbit hole and i was like no we got to be productive today we're going to do something else but (laughs) it's supposed to really be all of that now i am very excited about it but i'm also very skeptical of it because i'm going to agree with the whole lightning in the bottle with the lord of the rings thing 
I think The Hobbit just kind of missed the mark. And as I've said on this podcast before, Peter Jackson, Jar Jar Binks, the shit out of that, did not take it serious and made it too cartoony, if you will, too silly. Um, you know, and I know that elves were not uh, the most serious of people, but they were just like the whole uh, dinner scene where they're washing dishes and then like the big blubbery animated thing falling well, down. Yeah, just it was. Stupid. Well, so so here's the thing. I, I think it was a really smart move to make Lord of the Rings, which is a three book series into a three film trilogy. Yes. The problem is The Hobbit is one book. It's fairly short. It's made for a younger audience. I've read The Hobbit several times. There is no reason to turn that into a seven, eight, nine hour epic thing. It is. It, it could have been a three hour long movie. It could have been a two part movie, but yes. it did not need to be what they turned it into. And as a matter of fact, not only is it is it just too long in general, but they shoehorn shit from the Lord of the Rings trilogy that's not in The Hobbit just to be like, hey, remember Legolas? Like, no, no, that's not in The Hobbit. And that I think that's why it failed. If they would have just been like, hey, look, Lord of the Rings went great. People seem to like this universe. We're going to throw this out there, too. If it was just a three, three and a half hour long epic story about Bilbo Baggins and just left it alone, I think it would have been fine. It might not have garnered the same respect as the the original trilogy, but I think people would have taken it and been like, "Oh, this is a fun little companion piece." But right with the way they tried to do it and stretch it out, I think they kind of screwed themselves. Trivia time. Well, not really trivia. I, I guess you can call it trivia. In case you were playing All trivia, right. they asked you about Lord of the Rings stuff. I'm I'm going to close the uh, the other yeah, screen. No cheating. Like, no yeah, Google. I'm I'm, uh, I'm not looking at it. So, You're not looking at it anymore. No. Okay. I've I've closed down all the things that might hint me at things that I probably already know. He already finished his study session, so now he's ready for your quiz. <laughs> okay. Come on, teach. True or false? False. Gandalf's painful encounter with the ceiling beam in Bilbo's Hobbit hole was not in the script. True or True. false? True. 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 That is correct. He it was a complete accident because it was the first time that Gandalf was ever in the Frunken Hobbit hole, so he didn't know what it was about, and he just turned, hit it. Peter Jackson loved it so much, left it in. Awesome. Okay. There's actually quite a few of those moments all throughout the movies. Oh, absolutely. So, do you, does anybody know who Bob Anderson is? Anybody Again, I know the name. I can't place him. Uh, the name is familiar. He is a historic weapons trainer. Yeah. For Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So he called Vigo, Vigo Mortensen the best swordsman he's ever trained. True or false? True. I'm going to say false. It is actually true. The first time Vigo Mortensen, Mortensen ever held a sword, swung a sword, was on his first day on set when they were filming the battle at Weathertop with the Ring Race. You know, the one where Frodo gets stabbed in the arm like a jackwad? Yeah, that, the first time he ever held and swung a sword. Now, true or false, he did not use a prop sword at all. True or false? 
I'm going to say false. Implying that he used a real sword the entire time? True or false? I'm, I'm going false. false. It is actually false. He did not use a prop sword, a rubber sword, or an aluminum sword. He used a real steel sword the entire <laughs> time. As a matter of fact, when he You're was answering, done... you're telling us if we were right or wrong was confusing. Because ah. <laughs> we said false, he said it's false. He did use it. Meaning he we did were not false. use he did not use a prop sword. Right. So uh, there's gotcha, actually gotcha. there's actually photos of him walking around town in his getup with a real sword, going to like coffee shops and stuff. That's pretty cool. Now you know what I have to say. If I had the ability to do that, like that was my life for a uh, consecutive I don't know however many days it was. You said two hundred. Screw it. Yeah, I'd say yeah. screw it. Let's just let's go for it. So, I'm gonna go get. Uh, I'm gonna go to Starbucks in my getup. Uh, I don't remember. Let me see of my notes, but I don't remember who was playing originally. Uh, Aragon, but he, they didn't feel like he was a good fit. He was a younger guy, and they wanted a slightly more mature person to to play the role of the of the ranger. So when Peter Jackson called. Uh, Vigo's house and just explain the script to him. He come to find out later that it was actually Vigo's son that was a driving force for him to do the movie. He's ne he never even read the books or anything, knew anything about it. Stuart uh, Townsend. Well, yes, he was supposed to play. Okay. Now, yeah. do you know who else threw their hat in the ring for... And and Monster is looking at his phone, so I know he's cheating. In case his eyes are are, well, are, are no, going no, back and forth. I, no, so no, I'm just it's, trying to it's figure still... out who Stuart Townsend is. Like, why <laughs> did he get? I, I I'm looking at him now, and I've seen a few of these films, but I I'm not. Yeah, I'm not real familiar with his with his body of work at all. So he was Vigo uh, was the right choice. Oh yes, he, and then after you hear a... some of these other people that tried out for the roles, oh my gosh, oh boy. Yeah, I do know of quite a few actors that were approached about or tried to get roles and either turned down or denied, and I couldn't imagine them in the roles except for one, which Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna save it for when you, if you have it. So the two biggest named people for the roles of Aragon was actually there's a few there there's, there's a few so. Yeah, you, you have Daniel Day Lewis. Yes, he was in. He okay. was Russell Crowe. He wanted to do it, but he had other commitments. Bruce Willis. Yes, Bruce Willis. Okay, I I, I like Bruce Willis. He and might have been ben able to pull Diesel. it off. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. That would have been bad. Been bad. He just, he to me, those are the most the notable time. ones. Yeah. Well, it, it depends on what kind of. Uh, you know what you're going for and i and i will admit that i have read the hobbit several times but i've never read the lord of the rings books i'm not sure what the character of aragon is like in the books um but if he's anything like vigo mortensen vin diesel would have been a very different take mm -hmm. yes now while we're talking about actors who played roles and stuff uh saruman uh Christopher was played Lee. by Christopher Lee. And again, being the horror guy, he is a a treasure 
in the horror oh, community. Absolutely. Did you know um, that he was blackmailed into doing four Draculas that he did not want to do? Um, I do know that he in the Hammer series films in the the seventies and eighties he played Dracula several times with uh, diminishing returns. <laughs> you, you could tell he was starting to kind of get over it a little bit. I got to pee real bad. All right, we're gonna keep that in the podcast too. So, yeah, so do. so Christopher, believe it or not, Christopher Lee is one of the few actors alive to meet Tolkien. Yes. So yes. I thought that was awesome, and I also found it awesome that he read Lord of the Rings, right? the The entire book series, he read it once every year until the year he died. Christopher Lee, not to get Sir way subject Christopher here. Lee. Yes. Yes. If you want to to really see an interesting life, go go through Christopher Lee's life. Not only his filmography, he's also done. Uh, he's he's put out a couple of heavy metal records where he does the vocals. Um, I, I'm not going to say it's great, but it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, his his uh, contribution specifically to the horror genre but just filmmaking in general he's he's a he's a treasure man christopher lee was awesome so did you uh, i don't i don't know should i wait for no i'm not gonna wait for danger screw that no don't wait so, for him so christopher lee is i don't know i don't remember how old he was in lord of the rings but i he do know i do know seven, that while they were recording while they were recording Lord of the Rings, somehow he got his hand slammed in his hotel door and Ooh. broke his hand. And he still came on set to fulfill his role. There were a lot of like accidents for people doing stunts in Lord of the Rings. Um, just in Fellowship of the Rings. I know there's a few in some of the other ones, but just in Fellowship of the Rings. Orlando Bloom fell and broke broke some ribs. Uh, like I said, Christopher Lee got his hand broken in the door. Vito uh, Vigo Mortensen got his tooth chipped, and he wanted, and it, it wasn't a small chip either. He wanted he wanted the director, he wanted Peter Jackson to glue his tooth back together so they could do the so they could do the shoot, and then he was going to go get dental work later. But Peter Jackson made him go to the dentist. They did the work, <laughs> they fixed his tooth, and he was back on set later that afternoon back into his role. Uh, the guy who played Gimli, I want to mess his name up. I I'm not sure if that's commitment or guilt, but well, you know. let's, so, so let's talk about the guy that played Gimli, uh, Riaz, Riaz, uh, Oh, you guys know who he is. He played on freaking, uh, sliders. John, John Reese Davis. Yes. So he actually had an allergic reaction to the latex used to form his face. It would make his eyes like swell, so he could not, he could not do consecutive shoots back to back. They had to give him a day off to let his skin heal, so he could come back and do it again. Uh, the hobbits—they went through something like ten thousand hobbit feet <laughs> because they would have to be. It took three hours in the morning every morning to put them on, and taking them off would destroy them. I mean, that's like there's a lot of stuff went into this. So now that you're back. Oh, yeah. I will let you know since we're on Sir Christopher Lee. He was wonderful the, man. He was oh, the yeah. first choice for the role of Sour Man. Uh, Sour Saruman. 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 Ah, tooth. 
Sour Man. Yes. So do you know who? Sour Man. Do you know who the second, the 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 second, third, and fourth picks were, respectively, without looking at your cheat sheet? Without looking, let me guess: was Peter Cushing one of them? No. Okay. He might have already passed away. Actually, that that might have. I'm not sure when he passed. Would you like Mm. to take a stab, Danger? I don't remember, but I do know he was originally offered a different role in the movie. So, it was Tim Curry was number two, which I think he would have made it the perfect evil sorcerer. He Um, would have been fine, for sure. Yeah. Jeremy Irons. Eh. Uh, I think he could have done it, it. but it wouldn't have had the quite the gravitas that... Yes, the same impact. And Malcolm McDowell. I had to look uh, him up. <laughs> I had to look, no, I had to I, look I, him up. Yeah. I, oh, come on. No, I don't think he could have done it at all. But I do know of other casting choices that I could not have seen in those roles at all. It, exactly. So, do you, do you know who Sam Neill is? Anyone know who Sam Neill is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jurassic is Park. Jurassic Park. He's, the, yeah. he's, he's he, Alan Grant in, in Alan Jurassic Grant, Park. Yeah. yeah. He's also, he's also been in... in yeah, he's in a uh, several horror movies. Actually, he's in mm-hmm. uh, Event Horizon. Oh yes, yeah, it's a cool movie. Yeah, I like him. He's good. He was considered for the role of none other than Gandalf. Yes, and do you know why he turned the role down? Actually, I did not get that far because I was running out of room on my paper to write. No, that's fine. I I think this is amazing (laughs) i love it when an actor is offered a role in a movie that ends up becoming hugely successful for a movie that is not like for instance will smith turned down the role of neo for wild wild west wah 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 yeah and sam neill turned down gandalf the gray because of a scheduling conflict with jurassic park 3 well let me just say whoa 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 be nice danger be nice I'm that just was gonna not say, a good movie. I like Jurassic Park 3 better than Jurassic Park 2 Lost World. Yes. Just saying. Yeah. Just okay. saying. Okay. Fine. I'm not going to die it. on this hill, but I will take Sam Neill over Jeff Goldblum any day. Okay. But that's just me. Fine. That's just me. But to turn down oh, Lord yeah. of the Rings yeah. or Jurassic Park 3. Now, I don't know if that scheduling conflict was because it was somewhere in the 287,000 days of filming, but yeah. But it's I'm just gonna like say something. I'm about... gonna say something that's really gonna blow y'all's minds. Well, I was just gonna say real quick on that note. Okay, it's just like what we talked about earlier. This was a big budget fantasy film about elves and orcs. I don't think anybody knew if it was gonna work or not. You know, sure, Sam Neill was probably. He was probably thinking, hey, Jurassic Park was a huge hit. The Lost World was a huge hit. Sure, let's try the third film. Why not? So I can almost see his it, the way his the wheels were turning, but obviously hindsight 2020, not the <laughs> best move. Okay, so before moving on from Gandalf the Grey, do you know two other actors that were approached and offered the role that turned it down? I'm Sean getting- Connery. Uh, and Patrick Stewart. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you out a fucking window. You stole my thunder again. I was getting ready to say that. 
Did you know why uh, Patrick Stewart turned it down? Uh, yes, actually, I do. I know why, why he both turned, of them it turned it down because he disliked the script. He disliked the script, and Sean Connery didn't understand it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Boromir, you remember you you remember Boromir, right? You know who played Boromir? Yeah, uh, Sean, Bean, Sean Bean, right? The, yeah, the, the guy the, who dies in everything. <laughs> the unkillable Sean Bean. Yeah. So do you know who was originally offered it before Sean Bean? He will find you. He will kill you. Ah, good old Liam, Liam Neeson. Neeson. That's right. Liam Neeson was offered that role. He turned it down, though. And I couldn't figure out why, yeah. and I didn't want to dig for it. So it is what I've it seen is. it before, and I've never seen a reason why. So. <laughs> Again, but you know, I will say, Sean Bean did give us this gem, right? He did give us this gem of a character in this movie and and like that scene where Frodo falls down and like the ring falls off the yeah. ring that Boromir is holding up is actually six inches in diameter for a force perspective that's a big ring yeah it is and the way he held it's it like perfectly right and the thing is he was in such good shape he was in such good shape from walking because he refused to fly up the mountain to where they were shooting the mountain scenes. So he would get his makeup done early and he would trek two hours one way up the mountain. And the cast would see him walking up the mountain in full gear and full his, his full ensemble from the helicopter. Uh, <laughs> that's, and, a, that's a bit much. Yeah, that, that is. Yeah, I think his fear of flying where he may die, but he takes roles where he dies in everything. There is actually one role that he took that he had a chance of living and did live quite frequently. You know what that is? I don't. The Hitman video games. He had his own mission where he was the boss. And that's where he was (laughs) dubbed the unkillable Sean Bean. This is the only time he ever played in something he didn't die in. Or he had a chance of not dying in. So... Over a thousand six hundred and thirty-six eggs a day were used to feed the staff and actors for breakfast. That's a lot of eggs. That it was like that is a lot of eggs and a very exhausted seven chickens that they had on set. <laughs> Brutal. Who who do you picture as Elrod? I was trying to think of a good way to segue into this from eggs, and I couldn't. So we're just going <laughs> to jump. We're just going to make that leap. Eggs, so, elves. <laughs> whatever. Right? So His I mom, can't... sperm, egg. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So, so I Elrod can't... was Hugo, Hugo Weaving, right? Yes. I okay. cannot picture any other person playing Hugo Weaving, or playing Elrod other than Hugo Weaving. However... Uh, Oh, also, do you uh, uh, you you actually missed one in the uh, lineup of people that were offered the role of Elrod? Um, Nicholas Cage was also offered the role of Elrod. I did not find that. I did not find yeah. that in any of my research. Uh, that was actually I... one that I found earlier today, and it was a, a nugget that I thought was great because I would love to see a Nicholas Cage Elrod. <laughs> and he just turned it he turned it down due to prior obligations. I hope it wasn't the Ghost Rider movies. (laughs) I have mixed feelings about Nicolas Cage because I feel like... Everybody does. Well, yeah, because I mean, like, I feel like he has become, like... A joke? (laughs) 
Well, he's like self-aware. Like mm-hmm. there, and I, I don't know the movie title off the top of my head, but he's there's a movie coming out this year where he's playing himself. Yeah, it's, it's like, a very self-referential, self-aware movie. So, yeah, yeah, and I, like that's okay. I mean, hey, make you know, make your living. You know, for sure, he's he's obviously a successful actor, but it just seems like uh, I don't know. I, I couldn't see him as any character in Lord of the Rings. That's for that's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah no I couldn't either yeah not by a long shot so and seeing him as a character in Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, do you know who auditioned for the role of um, uh, Frodo but didn't get it who's that Jake Jake Gyllenhaal could you see Jake Gyllenhaal as a Hobbit I could see yes. him as a Hobbit but not Frodo honestly I think I might have. Well, oh, and the, not... the movie title, uh, the Nicolas Cage movie, is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Jeez. Right. So, did you know that one person in particular tried to leverage their popularity and fame to land the role of Elrod? You want to guess who that is? He no, has wild, know. wild blonde hair and was well, last seen and was last seen in The Dark Crystal. Oh, I was going to say Gary David Busey. Bowie. David Bowie tried to lever oh. his fame and, and and everything to land the role of Elrond and was told no. <laughs> that he he absolutely could have done it. He absolutely would have could have done it. I'm not saying he would have been better or anything like that. I would imagine that the only reason that they wouldn't have gone with him is because it would have been distracting. Oh, not absolutely. because he couldn't do it well. But I think because it would have been like everybody would have went, oh, shit, that's David Bowie, not, oh, it's Elrond. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because Hugo, because Hugo Weaving's been in a ton of stuff and people recognize him. But he's one of those guys that's like, oh, hey, it's that guy from The Matrix. Like, you know, they, they wouldn't have been like, oh, it's Hugo Weaving, my favorite actor. Whereas if it would have been David Bowie, it would have been like, oh, shit, it's David Bowie, you know. All right, so okay, and I'm sorry to steal your thunder on this one, Sarge, if you have this. Speaking of musicians in Lord of the Rings, do you know what other musicians actually tried to get an adaptation made of Lord of the Rings? The Beatles. Oh, yes, Beatles I do actually, remember reading that. Yeah, they tried to option it and get it. They never did get it quite off the ground. But uh, uh, Lennon wanted to play Gandalf, and McCartney wanted to play Frodo. <laughs> no. So no. Kate Blanchett's character, right? Uh, I'll go best the name of like Gandalf, Gandalf. Is that how you say it? Galadriel. Uh, anyways, yeah, her character and they're only required one month of shooting for the first movie. One month. Yeah. Everyone else had two hundred and something days. She yeah. had thirty days. Now, I will say to her credit, though, the opening part of the the opening part of the movie where they're doing like the narration to bring everyone up to speed about what happened. Right. That was, they originally wanted it that to be done by the person that played Bilbo Baggins and they recorded it and they didn't like the way it sounded. So then they wanted to have Gandalf do it. Right. So Ian McClellan got up there and did it, but it was something in the way that Kate Blanchett said she was helping one of them practice their lines for it. And the the way that she said it really hit Peter Jackson, so he let her do it. And uh, I can't 
I can't picture anybody else doing it. Oh, absolutely. Even Liv Tyler, she lowered her voice somehow. I don't know how. Elocution lessons, probably. So much so that her own father at the premiere of the movie asked if somebody dubbed over her voice because she changed her voice that much to suit the movie. And after the movie was all said and done, can you two, between the both of you, name the nine members of the Fellowship of the Ring? Uh, no. No. Um, are, are we talking the character names yes. or the actor names? The character names. Okay. Okay. Frodo, Samwise, um, Gimli, Legolas, Aragon, uh, Pippin, uh, uh, Mary, Mary, did I say Sam? I said Sam. Um, my God, if my wife could hear me right now, she'd kill me. She would, she would know all of these off the top of her head. Or a mayor. Yeah. Uh, and, and Gandalf, right? Yep. Okay. So the nine hey, of I them, got most of them. The <laughs> Actually, of as them. you were naming it, I was like, yep, yep, yep. And I got I, I got what seven out of nine. That's strong. So the nine of them, after the premiere of after the world premiere in New Zealand, which by the way the city that they that that they were like that hosted them actually changed legally changed their name to Middle Earth <laughs> for the world premiere. That's and awesome. uh, so after the world premiere in Middle Earth, New Zealand. Um, the nine of them, plus Peter Jackson, all went and got tattoos in Elvish of their numbers, and Peter Jackson got ten in Elvish tattooed on him. Now, in the cool. sword fighting scene in Curse of the Black Pearl, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of Black Pearl with Orlando Bloom, you can actually see his on his forearm. And if you watch Eastern Promises... With the uh, Vigo Mortensen, right? You can see it on his shoulder. Uh, the guy that plays uh, Mary, uh, what was his name? Um, Dominic Monaghan. Yes, I believe his. I think they said his was on like his stomach, and <laughs> Gandalf has his on one of his shoulders. You know, so forth. So they, the couple of them, have him on their ankles. Some of the hobbits have it on their ankles. So I think Elijah Wood has one on his ankle because they had to wear the Hobbit feet. It was like however many miles they had to walk in those Hobbit shoes. They're like, we're having to put on our ankles. <laughs> I, I think that's pretty cool. And then the director was like, screw it. I'm going to get 10. <laughs> I would too. If I was yeah, that, that's, that's a cool, that's a cool, uh, you yeah. know, the fellowship of nine and then your number 10. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. All right. So before this runs <laughs> hella long, which it's already pretty long, longer than I would have. Yeah. Liked it to be, you but know, it was pretty entertaining. These are long films, okay? Right. right. They require I want an you, extended cut podcast. Danger. Who in yes. your life would you cast as 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 Gollum slash Smeagol? Would you really? Whoa! I'd be no. honored. <laughs> I think I could kind of do it too, actually. I got a buddy um, who lives in Hawaii. He actually moved there a few years ago, and um, when the movies came out, he actually uh, 
he was like, I don't know why you guys didn't tell me I've been balding. You know, nobody's said anything since sixth grade. And of course we didn't. <laughs> and he decided to shave his head. And when he shaved his head, he took, it was almost like he took on the personality of Gollum. So <laughs> I would like, he got the voice. He could do the movements. It was like, he was trying to imitate it. And, Did he lose know, the weight? <laughs> um, yeah, but it wasn't intentional. No. Um, uh, but yeah, no, he, uh, uh, it's like he unintentionally started to, you know, mimic him and it was, uh, it was rather creepy. I have no explanation for why it happened, but he would be the guy. Uh, he now has a music company, a music, um, education company in Hawaii. Nice. Okay. Cool. Monster. Cool. My question for you, who would you, who from your life would you pick to play Saruman? Oh man, I was th- I was I was trying to think about Gollum, and now because I have such reverence for Christopher Lee, um, I know that's why I picked this one for you. So, from from my life, or as like a, a an actor that I no, I but enjoy. from your life, one of your friends that that could oh, fill that role. God, gosh, oh. that's tough. I, I so. I think I would I would give it to I would give it to my dad. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, cuz see my my dad grew up <laughs> Okay, part of the reason I am the way I am is cuz my I, dad grew up I've been around in, your dad a lot and I I just can't see. Okay, him. okay. He's just too nice of a guy. Okay. I mean, I can picture your dad I'll being like tree beard, but I couldn't uh, recommend that. Hold on. I'll get there. Um Part of the reason I am the way I am is because my dad was was a horror movie guy when he was younger and introduced me to a lot of this stuff. And um, so I know he's very familiar with like Christopher Lee's work and stuff like that. But um, my dad, kind of like Saruman, can come across as quiet and reserved and well-spoken, but he used to own a restaurant. And I have seen him flip the switch into pure rage once or twice and he can be scary when he needs to be um anytime i ever had an issue with school his first reaction always was you want me to go down there you want me to go talk to some people it's like no no please don't (laughs) please don't so now that he's a little bit older he's he's especially now that he doesn't own a restaurant that he has to stress over um he's he is a little bit calmer and more reserved but i have seen him flip the switch once or twice and uh i think he could pull it off i really do he might have to wear some lifts to give him a little bit more of a of a taller stature a bit but uh I you know think the, he could do it. the first time i met your dad actually the first couple times i met him he was very quiet i was mm-hmm. trying to to meet him and get to know him and sure. I, he was not at all like receptive. I thought he was a dick. And then later I learned he is just the sweetest man in the world. <laughs> and he's just, yeah. And it was just my perception of him. Yeah. But oh, absolutely. No, he's just... he, I, I mean, he's, he's my hero. I mean, I love yeah. him to death. I, I couldn't ask for a better, better role model. Um, he's but just the I sweetest have, guy. But I have seen him turn into an uh, to a scary sorcerer more than once. So oh, sure. I think sure. I think he could be Saruman. Okay. Sure. So let's All give right. let's give All Monster right, so- some brownie points real quick. Who okay. would you pick? Who would you pick to be your Liv Tyler to play Erwin? 
Oh gosh. Uh I'm I'm let's she's see, probably gonna listen to this later. Um well, I mean I gotta give it to Sarah since All right, I okay, mean, good. Say no more. You just earned brownie points. Well well no, but I mean not only because I mean she's she's absolutely lovely and I love her to death, but she actually loves these films. So like she would absolutely own it. She would kill it. She would take it seriously and she would she would embrace it one hundred and ten percent and just nail it. I know she would. All right, Danger, you were gonna ask me a question. Go ahead. I was gonna ask you who would play Samwise in Ooh. from your life in your movie. Mm. You're asking us who we would want from so, our life. So for People like people that none of our audience knows at all. So for like for like Mary and Pippin. Right, I'd I'd pick Rob. Right, my 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 brother, my my brother-in-law would totally fill that void for one of those two. Uh, whereas, oh, Samwise, I thought you were gonna give him like a, like he was gonna play both parts. He is. He is, he he can. <laughs> right, but the annoying two that always get captured and talk about potatoes. Yes, and first breakfast and second breakfast and and, and, <laughs> and noonsies. So, hey, Samwise was the one that had the potato monologue. You're right. The potato right. monologue. That's right. My bad. I'm mixing them up. <laughs> so Samwise is a tough one because Samwise is actually one of the most ardent and most steadfast characters in there doing what he's right, doing what's right, even when everyone else is against him, even his own best friend that ter- eventually turns against them yeah, over the lie from some, some, some meth head. So <laughs> you have I, to pick somebody that has the ability to have such a deep, loving friendship, like, you know about themselves but also looks at you like he wants to take you to bed see but that's just the thing though i mean your brother adam yeah <laughs> yeah okay he'd, he'd make a good samwise he'd make a good samwise I, mean, yeah. I don't know about the whole taking to bed thing but yeah, no it, no it, but adam adam is the type of guy that like you could like rage out at like uh-huh. get furious with and he would like he would come back he would <laughs> He would. Uh, to you guys, maybe, off, he, would he would just would... stop talking to me for a while and then eventually come around. Yeah, I yeah. know, right? But that's no, family for no you. No explanation, yeah. no no conversation, just, what are you doing? He is, <laughs> he is, good, about, he is good about hanging in the clinch and yeah. Yeah. checking it out for you. So, so, if I had to pick a, if I had to pick a Gandalfy character, you know, just... Just, just, just someone to play Gandalf. I would pick Luke to play Gandalf. I really would. Please support that. Yeah, okay. I, I, as as the person in question, I too am confused. When you give, he Luke got a, much more excited about about um, Gollum. But, than but here's here's yes. why, and this is much more. This is this is this is kudos to this is kudos to old monster here, right? When okay, you okay. when he sets his mind to do something, like when Gandalf set his mind to go find out about the ring that was, you know, left, right? He came back and he was so like with the lore and the history and all the stuff behind it. He's sitting there like smoking a pipe, staring at a fire, going, and then when Frodo comes in, he's like, Do you have the ring? I can I can I can picture Luke getting so in depth into some of these conspiracies. That he he will end up like that at some point in his life. The only difference is Gandalf carries himself with a little bit of um, elegance, 
but Gan- yeah, like Gandalf is ageless though. Right. And, so and I am much that's more just something the... that comes with age. Because if you notice the way he acts in the Hobbit movies versus the way he acts in the Lord of the Rings movies, two different personas. The Lord of the Rings movies, he's more he's more yeah. laid back, more chilled than he is. But, but to your point, yeah, I, I'm with you as far as like, you know You can be being... my Gandalf. Well, I just I'm I'm not the the reserved, respectful, elegant type. I'm more of the fly off the handle and lose my shit type. So, well, I mean, I, he took I, on a bell rock. I mean, well, that, that's true. He did. Um, that also isn't like me. I'd run screaming like a like a child. Um, <laughs> but no, I I appreciate it. I I'm flattered. Uh, usually, most people would pick me to play the Gollum character, the little slimy gross monster creature so the fact that you picked me as the the old wise wizard hey man i'll take it i'll take it casey would be my gimli i'll take it interesting i would i was gonna go with um with aragon for 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 this one old old uh maybe maybe lord elrond maybe lord elrond let's be honest um i'm not that athletic (laughs) <laughs> and I know <clears throat> fully self-aware. I'm not running that much. I'm not sword fighting. It's so just, so I think we th- can all agree. I think we can all agree that Sarge would be the Sean Bean Boromir <laughs> character because he looks tough. He's a badass. He's really cool. He dies. And then he just gets his ass whipped. But he goes down quick. <laughs> so... So fun fact, my last. And then fact we'll push him out in the river on a boat like Sean Bean. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, he'll get a Viking funeral for sure. We we'll be proud of him. So my last fact, and I've been saving this to to, to the end, just to show how these characters, how these actors adapt to these characters so well, right, and live them to these to such an extent. Uh, so in the final fight when Frodo runs away and Strider chases after him, Boromir dies, stuff like that. He gets in a sword fight with that main uh, Orokai, I think is what they're called, the orcs. Orokai, yeah. Yes, yeah. the Orokai. The person who's wearing the Orokai outfit really can't see, so he doesn't know when to pull his punches. <clears throat> so he's hitting uh, Vigo Mortensen full force, and Vigo Mortensen, instead of saying, hey, time out, he started swinging with full force with a real steel sword and they're not pulling any punches and they left that scene battered, bloodied and bruised and they it took one take. One it's a take good to thing. It's a good thing OSHA does not extend itself to New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. I was I was going to say uh d- don't look this up. 12 people died in battle during the filming. Don't double check that. There's <laughs> just take my word for it. Um, it was it was gruesome. It was brutal. Monster <laughs> facts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Sarge. Any parting words, Danger? Um, yeah, I was trying to find when you were talking about Gandalf was ageless. Uh, the closest approximation of his physical age is twenty four thousand years old. That's, that's Ian old. McKellen, not Gandalf. That's just <laughs> that's, yeah, that's Ian McKellen. All right, all right, as far as advice that I have for you guys, it's uh, go watch Lord of the Rings, not all at one time, because... That's life. a whole day. Yeah. Unless you plan on taking a nap in the middle of it, like it would come on TNT every mm-hmm. Saturday mm-hmm. for 
TNT used to be a television network, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, is it not around anymore? I don't. I don't know. I, a lot of people do streaming services now and don't have no, cable, yeah. so they don't. <laughs> That's all we do in my house. True. True. All right, monster. With your final words. Um, go go watch some classic Christopher Lee performances. Uh, before he was Count Doku, before he was Sardomon, he was Dracula. He was a lot of other cool stuff back in the the sixties and seventies. Um, a little bit of a a B movie hero um yeah and and yeah definitely watch the uh if you haven't seen the lord of the rings trilogy watch it especially the extended cuts they're a little bit better um but yeah what what danger said not all at once your, yep. your brain can't handle it it's too much nope. neither can too much your butt sitting on a couch that long or your bladder good lord yeah. you all, right. all right Sarge, all right Sarge, what do you got for the people I have you nothing start? for the people other than from those of us at Danger and Sarge, specifically Danger, Sarge, and Monster. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.